0: What's up, everybody? This is the podcast. I mean, I'm watching the fights. Um, just got done watching the prelims. Um, didn't see all of them. I don't know. this. The ESPN next, uh, sucks. Right now, I'm watching Tiago Santos versus Rakic. Rack, I don't know how to pronounce that name. But anyways, um, just finished Dominic Cruz. And pretty much people seem to forget that... Dominic Cruz has experience fighting in a small cage. Like everyone kept saying, you know, how is Dominic Cruz going to utilize his movement in a small cage? But what people seem to forget is that Dominic Cruz has experience fighting in a small cage because when he fought in WEC, he was fighting in a small cage. So I, you know, he has experience dealing with that. I don't know why people were wondering about that when. If you do your research, he has experience. Another thing that I wanted to point out, you know, is that Henry Cejudo did not make the blueprint on how to beat Dominic Cruz. Okay. He did not make the blueprint. Okay. Cody Garbrandt made the blueprint on how to beat dominic cruz a lot of people think that low kicks are the best way to beat dom but they don't understand that you know it's it's not it's really they don't understand that it's not and the reason why is because dominic cruz the reason why he's able the reason why he doesn't deal with low kicks or hardly or the the reason why but it's not the reason why He doesn't deal with low kicks, or the reason why he's able to shut it down is because he rotates between three defenses, countering the kick, rolling with the kick, stepping out of range with the kick. And because he goes in between those three defenses, it makes it hard between, it makes it hard for his opponent to figure out, it makes it hard for his opponent to build an offense. When you have a multitude of defenses and you mix it up and you mix up your defense, It makes it hard for your opponent to build an offense, which gives you an opportunity to build up your offense. So that is the reason why you don't see a lot of people going after Dominic Dominic Cruz's legs. That is the reason why you don't see a lot of people going after Dominic Cruz's legs. And if they do, they stop after a while. People seem to forget Henry Cejudo only threw in total of like three to four kicks. And then after that, he stopped. And why is that? Because Dom started doing working his defenses, which was rolling, stepping out of range, and countering. So that's why. But no. But um, it was a great win for Dom. He utilized his experience, you know, fighting in a small cage, you know, which... Which is what I expected, given the fact that, you know, he has experience fighting in a small cage. People seem to forget that the WEC cage was really small, so... Um But, yeah, no, Henry Cejudo did not make the blueprint on how to beat Dominic Cruz. Cody Garbrandt did. And the reason why he can't deal, and the reason why Dom doesn't get low-kicked as much or at all is because he rotates between three defenses that shut down the low-kicks or keep the low-kicks from even happening. So, that's it. Yeah, so, um, Tiago Santos versus... Uh, rock Kick, I'm pretty much just, that's how I'm his last name. Not really an eventful fight, I mean, which is kind of what I expect. I mean, what'd you expect? I mean, usually when you have two people who are like big power punchers, they're either overly cautious or overly aggressive. It's kind of like the same thing when you have two wrestlers face each other it's going to be really boring or it's going to be really exciting. Um, no surprise to At how it went. I mean it could have gone one or two ways. Not one of the fights I really gave a crap about. So I mean that's it. I mean just cruised. It was the first fight. That ended in a decision. Not as eventful but. eh, It is what it is. Makachev versus Dover. I mean. Two things of all. It was pretty much a dominant. Dominant performance. I mean, none you could really say. Just pure, straight dominance from bell to bell, and which ended in a submission. Um, I mean, it just comes down to two things: Makachev is that damn good, and people don't know still don't know how to deal with Sambo. That's pretty much what it was. I mean, submitted him. You know, pretty much, and and that was it pretty much got him in the ground crushed him and made him tap to it. so yep that was it you know uh, Markachev is the real deal you know so it's about time we all accept it. <laughs> That's bull fucking shit. Peter Yan was winning the fight until the legal knee was thrown and it's bullshit that he gets the title. I mean, they need to change that fucking rule about kneeing on the ground. Like, this is getting ridiculous. That's all I got to say about that. Amanda Nunez pretty much, I mean, pretty much Megan Anderson didn't assert herself, didn't establish her reach, didn't, I mean, didn't establish anything. She pretty much just plotted forward, allowed herself to get caught in range, and that's it. I mean, that's the only way to describe this fight. I mean, th- this is what kind of kind of the situation same situation with Canelo. I mean, Megan had physical attributes that she could that could have helped her win the fight, but she didn't assert herself. She didn't assert it, you know and. I mean, she literally used nothing. She didn't establish her reach, establish her range. She didn't assert herself. She kind of just plotted forward, and that's it. I mean, which was money for Amanda. That's pretty much all to describe this fight. I mean, that seems to be the case with a lot of fighters that fight Amanda so far. Is they have some of them have attributes. That seems to be the case. Not all of them, but I'm the, not all of them, but some of them, they have attributes that can give Amanda problems, but they don't assert themselves. They just. They pretty much just cower. So that's it. So I mean <laughs> I don't know what Megan Anderson was thinking, but she just plotted forward. Didn't didn't try to assert herself. Didn't try to establish her re didn't try to establish her range or anything, which I mean <laughs> which isn't really surprising. I mean you know, most of a man of opponents <laughs> they don't assert themselves. They just go in just to say they went in so that's it. Also, Amanda Nunes is not the greatest f- female fighter of all time. Okay. The reason why she is so dominant is because, unfortunately, the UFC's 135 and 145 divisions are still forming divisions. Even though the 135 pound division has been in the game a lot longer. And, you know, 145 is still fairly new. They're still forming divisions. You know, you got to understand the two opponents that she, you know, the only two top opponents that she faced were Holly Holm and Valentina Shevchenko. You know, those were the only two opponents that she legitimately faced. You know, I mean... The only that those were the only two legit competition. I mean, you could say Misha Tate, but I mean you know, you could say Misha Tate, but Misha Tate was, I think, already on her way out. But either way, the reality is is you know, the the reality is is you know the reality is Amanda Nunes is pretty much kind of like Rhonda. She's of a product of good timing she came into a form you know she's a product of good timing she's come into two she's come into a forming division two forming divisions which is why is she so dominant you know that, that's the reason why she's so dominant is because you know she came in once the dust settled once the dust settled you know, the, it was her the divisions were her for, were hers for the taking, both one thirty five and one forty five. So to call her the greatest female combat athlete ever, or to call us call her the greatest female fighter ever is a little, you know, is a little, you know bit of an overstatement. I think she's the top female in the UFC as of right now. But she's not the greatest female fighter ever. You know, there's just... You know, it's just... You have to kind of remember that when it comes to the details of things. Um, The only... I mean, the only way I can see her losing is unless she fights a formidable competition. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko is formidable competition. Um, I mean... You know, I mean... You could say Holly Holm, but even she is, you know, like you could say Holly Holm, you know, but uh, she got taken out in the first round. So, you know, I think pretty much Holly Holm is pretty much like in the same. I think Holly Holm is pretty much in the same boat as that of like fighter female fighters like Misha Tate and, you know, Ronda, you know, they, you know, they came in, they did their, they, you know. They came in, they had their ride, and now it's kinda over. Now they're just kind of there. But I mean I mean Holly's still formidable. But I but like I said before, I mean you know you know, like I said before, you know, the reason why Amanda is so dominant is because she's in two forming divisions. She came in at the right place at the right time once the dust settled and she and took both those titles it wasn't because she's better than everybody else it was because she's pretty much a product of good timing so i mean just just like a lot of other fighters but like i said no discredit for her success you know she's clearly the top dog in the ufc but not necessarily the greatest female fighter of all time or the greatest female combat athlete you know but it's the ufc so they got to market their they got to market their fighters so that main event was actually more competitive than I thought. I mean, let's talk about the main event. the main event more competitive than I thought. I mean completely better than what I thought. I mean, it was it was a pretty close fight until Peter Yan got the takedowns and was doing damage or was working from the bottom. I mean, like I said, um, I had the fight even going into the later rounds. But once Peter Yan got the takedowns and started, you know, once Peter Yan got the takedowns and started pretty much working his groundwork, he was pretty much ahead at this point. So, great fight, very competitive fight. I mean, you know, um, the reason why, you know, and the reason why Yan won was mostly because his experience. His experience is what got him through that, you know, being smart, making smart decisions, you know, even, even though he had a difficult time, even though he did have a difficult time dealing with Israeli Adesanya, you know, you know, it was pretty clear Adesanya did very well, you know, um. Yeah, I mean, you know, Israeli Adesanya, he didn't look that bad. Surprisingly, he did not look that bad at 205. He did very well. It was just Jan Blakovic, his experience, and utilizing his size and strength effectively is what won him the day. You know, it's one thing if Jan was just, you know, being a brute and not thinking, but because Jan was being smart... And being effective with his size, with his reach, you know, with his skill set, it's what won him the day. Jan's, you know, Jan, like I said before, you know, Jan's experience is what helped him win his fight. It's what helped him win his last fight. So, you know, Jan, you know, so, I mean, very competitive fight. Great fight. I mean, if there's ever a rematch between the two, I would love to see it. But all in all, I mean, like I said, Jan's experience is what helped him win the day. You know, a lot of people are going to say it was the size, it was the power. No, it was the experience that Jan had is what, it's the experience that Jan had is what helped him win that fight. It wasn't the size, it wasn't the the strength, it was his experience. But all in all, really competitive fight. Izzy looked really good at light heavyweight. Um... If he ever comes back to 205 I would definitely watch it. I think he can be I think he can be a, a definite problem at light heavyweight. He's just going to have to, you know, fix some holes in his game and that's it.